This is what the judge ruled. Number one, if you are contaminated against your wishes by Monsanto's GMOs, you no longer own your seeds or plants. They become the ownership of a corporation, in this case, Monsanto. Hey there, I'm Dana, your Canadian English teacher with another English lesson so you can speak and understand the English spoken in Canada. If you're learning English for the Great White North, you've come to the right place. You'll learn phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. In today's lesson, you're going to learn the expression up in arms. And in the second half of the lesson, you can practice your listening and learn new vocabulary with an interesting Canadian story about gene patenting. It's announcement time. How is it going? I've had an amazing week. As you know, I opened up my free mini course and I have been blown away by the response. We've had over 1,000 students join. I've been having such a good time going inside the course, hearing the students' stories, why they're learning English. As you know, inside this course, I teach the five-step method, which I think is one of the best methods to learn a new language. It involves using audio and a transcript to improve your vocabulary, your pronunciation, your grammar, and more. Many students underestimate how important listening is when they're learning a language. If you think back to how you learned your own native language, you learned it through listening. You learned to listen before you could speak, before you could read, and before you could write. So using listening as part of your learning strategy will help you see huge improvements. If you would like to join this free course, then you can go to canlearnenglish.com and click on the join button on the top. So let's get into our lesson. Our expression today is up in arms. And this is a common expression we use when we're really angry about something. Someone who is up in arms about something is angry, upset, or perhaps infuriated. So that's not very intuitive, is it? Up in arms means that you're angry. So where does the expression come from? We use the word arm most often to describe a part of our body, but it's also used to refer to weapons. You might hear the term firearms, which refer to guns, or someone could say they have armed guards at the embassy, which means that these guards have weapons. But why do we call weapons arms? It might have something to do with that in the past, weapons were kind of like extensions of our actual arms. Anyone who's seen Game of Thrones knows this. It seems like in the past, people always had to have a weapon on them to protect themselves. A long time ago, if someone was up in arms, it meant that they were ready to fight. There's a phrase from a Shakespeare play called King Richard III, it's believed that this play was written in the year 1591. There's a part from it that reads, March on, march on, since we are up in arms. 
if not to fight with foreign enemies, yet to beat down these rebels here at home. Well, we don't use this phrase nowadays to mean that we're ready to fight. We use it when we're angry or upset or infuriated. So how do we use it nowadays? Well, I have a great example from my own life. Just last week, my husband and I decided that we would go into the city for lunch. So we got into our car, we drove into the city, and we needed to find somewhere to park. We went to our usual parking garage and it was full, but luckily someone was driving away from a parking spot right in front. So as we drove up, my husband kind of hit the curb with the tire. It made a bit of a noise, but we thought, "Mm, no problem. Uh, Not so much. When we got out of the car, we saw that the tire was punctured. It had a hole and it was leaking air and the tire was going flat. What made things worse was that just the day before, we had gotten a brand new set of winter tires. So if you live in a cold climate, you have to change your tires during the winter These tires have a different tread and they stop your car from slipping around. So my husband was up in arms over the whole thing. It was such an unfortunate accident to happen. We ended up getting a tow truck to the garage and we had to get the tire replaced. Another example of this is from an article from the website runningmagazine.ca. In this article, they talk about the upcoming Summer Olympics in Tokyo in 2020. Since it's a running website, they're talking about the track and running events. So the track events are going to be hosted in Tokyo, and the road running events have been moved from Tokyo to Sapporo. For context, Sapporo is about a 16-hour drive from Tokyo. In Canadian context, that's like driving from Toronto to Halifax. Many athletes, coaches, and governing bodies are not happy with this decision. The article later goes on to say that athletes are up in arms over the decision since they've already booked flights and accommodation. These athletes are angry, they're infuriated because they've already made their plans. That clip you heard in the beginning was a clip from the documentary called David vs. Monsanto. And this is a documentary that tells a story of a gene patenting case in Canada that had many farmers up in arms. Back in the 1990s, a biotechnology company called Monsanto developed and patented a gene for the canola plant that had the effect of producing canola that is resistant to an herbicide. If you've never heard of canola before, this is a very popular crop in Canada It's bright yellow in the fields. In other countries, they call it rapeseed, but the variety grown in Canada is called canola. Canola stands for can, as in Canada, O for oil, L-A for low acid. And this plant is pressed into an oil for cooking purposes. So with this special genetically modified seed, farmers could plant the seed and then use Monsanto's weed killer and kill the weeds in their fields without killing the canola plant. Monsanto marketed the seed as Roundup Ready Canola. When farmers bought these seeds, they had to enter a formal agreement with Monsanto that specified that they would buy new seeds every year. Now the common practice for farmers was to save their seeds year after year 
and this is how farmers have been doing things for centuries. Monsanto claimed that this would be the only way to recover the money they spent on the R&D to develop genetically modified seeds. Roundup Ready canola was introduced in Canada in 1996, and by 1998, it accounted for 25% of the country's canola area. Sounds good, right? This sounds like it's a great thing. Well, not for a Saskatchewan farmer named Percy Schmeiser. Schmeiser is a businessman, farmer, and politician from Bruno, Saskatchewan. He was growing canola on his farm in Saskatchewan, but he wasn't growing Roundup Ready canola. But in 1997, he noticed that when he sprayed some of his canola plants with herbicide, they survived. Monsanto found out that Schmeiser was growing this Roundup Ready canola without buying the seeds, and they sued him. He said it wasn't his intention to grow Monsanto's canola, but the seeds had blown into his field from a neighboring farm. When this was brought to courts in Saskatchewan, the courts ruled against Schmeiser's by accident story, and he was ordered to turn over some of his profits from his crops that year to Monsanto. He took the fight to the Supreme Court of Canada and argued that a company shouldn't be able to patent or control the use of a plant. On May 21, 2004, the Supreme Court ruled 5-4 to four in favor of Monsanto. Smizer won a partial victory because the court said that he didn't have to pay Monsanto profits from his crop because the presence of the gene in his crops had not afforded him any advantages and he'd made no profits on the crop. But the real victory for Schmeiser was that he didn't have to pay damages and he also didn't have to pay Monsanto's legal bills, which would have been more than $100,000. After the ruling, Schmeiser said, we did not expect this to go all the way to the Supreme Court. We were fighting for the fundamental right of the farmer to save his seed and use it year after year. But Monsanto was pretty happy with the decision. They said that the Supreme Court had set a world standard in intellectual property protection, and this ruling maintains Canada as an attractive investment opportunity. They said patent protection encourages innovations and will lead to the next generation of value-added products for Canadian farmers. But as I said in the beginning, a lot of farmers were up in arms over the whole thing. One was quoted saying, We are honestly disgusted with the whole way things are going. Who puts canola in the fields? It's the farmer. It doesn't belong to Monsanto or anybody else. Do you agree with the court's decision? You can join my private Facebook group to discuss this topic with other students. All you need to do is go to Facebook and search Can Learn English Podcast Listeners. That's it for our episode today. If you'd like to take a peek inside the Can Learn English Academy 2.0, which is my online academy where I have the best courses to help you learn English for Canada, all you need to do is join Next Level English, which is my free course. You can do that by going to canlearnenglish.com. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.